When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The best position group in college football remains the best position group in college football. The facts are the facts, folks. All of them were on the field uh, after practice, but we only got to talk to a select few of them. Ohio State wide receivers taking full uh, attention from the media this fine Tuesday night as the Buckeyes wrap up training camp. Letterman Rowe wraps up training camp coverage with the 40-year vets in May with Andy Backstrom. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Again, the Ohio State wide receivers uh, out in full force today to talk to the media. Emeka Buka. Brian Hartline, uh, Julian Fleming, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, But let's not bury the lead. We also talked to specialists, Andy, and that's going to be a huge (laughs) part of this. No, I'm just kidding. We are going to talk a little specials at the end. Andy's our specialist specialist. Tim, uh, big takeaways from wide receivers coach Brian Hartline slash offense coordinator Brian Hartline and his batch of wide receivers. Big takeaway. Uh, I think he's looking – I think he's – I think he has embraced this coordinator job. I think he is understanding more and more, you know, not how difficult it is, but how demanding it is. At the same time, uh, he is ushering uh, the most talented single position group in the country in wide receiver in the Ohio State wide receivers. Has brought along three freshmen uh, who have already got their black stripes off. Maybe four. Is Bryson Rogers. I'm, All yeah, four. Bryson Rogers. But uh, and then the way a coach like uh, Brian Hartline who doesn't believe in you until there's time to believe in you and then he goes all in he is all in on Carnell Tate the freshman wide receiver uh, you could tell just by the way he talked about him you know Carnell Tate is going to play early and often it does appear in this offense despite all of the stars ahead of them and uh, that's my takeaway is just when you think you've seen a great group of receivers come through Ohio State the other group is coming in almost like a tsunami Wait till next year when Jeremiah Smith gets here. But that's a story for a there different time. Andy, That'll big, be this time next year. <laughs> big takeaways from the wide receivers. I'm going to start with more Carnell Tate stuff because I felt like what Marvin Harrison Jr. said really stood out. He said that Carnell Tate is probably better than where he was at going into his sophomore year. Last year. Yes. So a reminder, Marvin Harrison Jr. was a Bolitnikoff finalist, probably should have won the award. And no he's saying, yes, should have won the award. And he's saying that Carnell Tate is probably better than where he was entering that season. So that's just a lot to say about where Carnell Tate is. And the other thing is that, you know, the word that Brian Hartline said about Carnell Tate is maturity, and and that carries a lot of weight in here. It's not just about what you're doing on the field, but off the field, and of course, everything he's gone through in the last month and a half, losing his mother and and persevering through that, I think is certainly admirable. Um, Takeaway wise, I would say, you know, Julian Fleming feels healthy, which is, something that's hard to come by for him. He's had a lot of adversity here. He described his career at Ohio State as rocky, um, came in as the number one overall recruit in that class, and has just had a lot of bumps and bruises. And last year, he was talking about how both of his shoulders were hurt. That's why he missed spring. And I think Tim even asked, or someone asked him the question, it might have been Doug Lemarie's, was asking, like, how do you play football when you can't use your shoulders? How do you catch a ball? when both your shoulders are, or one has popped out or maybe the other has, and he said, you just find a way to make, make it happen. But now as a healthy wide receiver, 
you'd hope that he can stay healthy for the yeah. whole season. So, uh, the way he nonchalantly talked about the screws in his shoulder. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's literally held together in some respects by hardware. And I, and I walked with him after he got done. I said, man, make, make sure those screws stay tight because uh, he could have a hell of a year if he, if he stays on the field. Yeah, Julian Fleming, I said this to a few people around here, he looks like he just served a two-term presidency. Yeah. He's a he's a veteran now. He's an old guy in that room. He's one of the oldest guys. Thank God for Xavier Johnson or else Julian Fleming would be yeah. the oldest guy in that room, and that's crazy to think about considering it seems like yesterday he committed to Ohio State as the number one wide receiver in the country. But that was my big takeaway is a healthy Julian Fleming all, listen, all of the hype can be on Carnell Tate, and that's fine. He's going to be an incredible player, and I think he's going to play a lot for Ohio State this season. But this chatter, and it's been some chatter, some rumblings of, well, what if Carnell Tate overtakes that job? If Julian Fleming is healthy, there he's part of that top three, and there's not many, many people who would debate that. If he's healthy, he's good enough to be in that top three with Emeka Buka and Marvin Harrison Jr., he says he's healthy, so I'm going to put the Carnell Tate over Julian Fleming thing officially to rest as we wrap up training camp here until I'm proven otherwise because I think a healthy Julian Fleming is going to be a very dangerous option for this team because if you take away Marvin Harrison Jr., you have to deal with Emeka Buka. You can try to take away both of them, but a healthy Julian Fleming makes it impossible to take away all three of them at once. Yeah, we saw what it meant for all three of them to be on the field against Georgia. And then we saw what it meant for not all three of them to be on the field against Georgia. Uh, this is a trio that could really light it up this year. But what's really interesting to me going headed toward that September 2nd uh, opener at Indiana is how many of these freshmen are going to play instead of maybe the guys in between them. Uh, there was no talk about Jaden Ballard today, at least in any conversation I was in on. I still think he's got a shot. But uh, Carnell Tate is such, you know we're going to see him against Indiana. Brandon Ennis has been a quick study since he got here. As, as, as uh, Brian Hartline said, you would like to have seen him be here earlier, but he wasn't. So it is what it is. Noah Rogers, they've put about three highlights of him up on their own website, catching ball. Uh, I'm just curious. Like Hold on. Talking. Hold on. Wait a minute. I don't want to interrupt you, Tim. Yeah. The things that Emeka Buka was saying about Bryson Rogers, and, and here's the thing about him, he's been forgotten so many times in this conversation. But I'm not forgetting but, about him, I was just yeah. about to name him. But can you play three plus one or two plus four in the, unless the game gets out of hand? I mean, I'm, I'm really curious to see who has become that next guy off the bench when a guy hobbles off, he's not hurt, but hobbles off boom, you're in the game. That, to me, is going to be one of the more curious things to see over at Indiana. I didn't mean to interrupt you at all. Oh, I yeah. just, oh no, I haven't and, gotten about him at all. I'll segue into this. Like The things that Mecca Buka was saying about Bryson Rogers were fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Mecca Buka gave some insight into the wide receiver room that I didn't know about. He said they have a Michael Thomas catchboard there. Michael Thomas doesn't drop the football. So they chart uh, you know, your receptions, your yards, your scores, but they also chart your drop rate and your targets. And I think... Emeka said, and I'll have to watch back over the tape, that Bry Bryson Rogers has caught 90% of his targets. Yeah. Caught 90% of his targets in training camp. I don't care if he's going against the last guy on the walk-on cornerback roster. That's insane. And so that kind of production shows you that even he, the guy who's been overlooked, not by us, but by so many people because of that big three, the, the five-star in Noah Rogers, the high four-star in Carnell Tate, the high four-star in Brandon Innes, 
Bryson Rogers gets forgotten so many times, but like even he is raising his level to where you can't sleep on any of these four freshmen, which I think leads to the next discussion of like, how do you get them all on the field? But also who's not going to be on the field? Is it not going to be Keon Grace? Is it not going to be uh, Jaden Ballard? Does this take away opportunities for a guy that you like, like Evan Pryor, who can catch the football, but if you've got the receiver depth like this, Brian Hartline and Ryan Day have some decisions to make on rotations in this room, Andy. We haven't even talked about Xavier Johnson, who they all love. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Brian Hartline clearly has, you know, a lot of confidence in Xavier Johnson and likes that he's back in the wide receiver room. And he was the Block O recipient that was talked about once again today. And I think that's more than just a, an honorary thing. I think that he's going to play. The question is how much and, and when and how does he fit into that rotation? Is he number four? Does it matter between four, five, six? Are they all going to play the same? Because, you know, Brian Hartline was asked, how, run, how deep does this rotation run? Because he said six or seven in spring. He didn't put a number on it today, but right. you get the feeling that's maybe even deeper now right. because you get the well, four freshmen. Yeah, but <laughs> the four freshmen have fully been indoctrinated. Right. Black stripes are off. They've all made an impression clearly. And so now that number is probably closer to, what, eight, nine? And so they're going to play because some of these games are going to be out of hand. But in terms of meaningful snaps, and that's really what it mattered against Georgia, because when Marvin Harrison Jr. went out, then then it's really, okay, you can have guys that are in, and they can make an impact in the Big Ten blowout, but are they making an impact in a game like that? Let me make this may sound profound. If Xavier Johnson had caught that slant on second down when after C.J. Stroud scrambled or ran to the 31-yard line, you know, uh, the third down before the missed field goal on fourth down, uh, there would have been a good uh, case for him to at least be in a strong running for MVP of that game based on everything he contributed in that game. That's the kind of player you've got in Xavier Johnson. Unfortunately, the catch wasn't made, the cornerback broke on it, and you know, you know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but yeah, how can you talk about the wide receiver room without a guy that brought so much to the pale last year in, in sometimes emergency roles, Xavier Johnson, he catches a touchdown pass, the really the igniting touchdown pass against Notre Dame in the opener when uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba goes out and he steps up and he stepped up all along. So it's really fun when we talk about the wide receivers that he's not in that discussion immediately, you know? And, uh, and there are reasons for that, obviously. But yeah, it, you know what I mean? That's how deep this stupid room is. You talk about, uh, you know, getting into the discussion immediately, Tim. When I get into the wardrobe immediately, I look to my bird dog shorts, I look to my bird dog's pants, my hat, uh, a cap, as you might call it, uh, in some parts of the country, the, the polo, all of that can be yours at birddogs.com LR. If you use the promo code LR at checkout, you get this free hat with the polo, with the pants, the shorts. These shorts are some of my favorites now. They're a little blue. Uh, they show off a little bit of the thigh. I know everybody loves seeing that. Uh, Tim has the, the pants, the bird dog's pants that he plays golf in. I think you shot, what, 59 the other day, Tim? Course record over at Cider Country Club. And you got the free hat when you bought it. Well, Andy's, are you talking about the front net or the back net? <laughs> Andy's, Andy's got the joggers on. I'm telling you, fellas, moisture wicking, uh, they fit like Lululemon, but better because they are better. That is because they are bird dogs. Go to birddogs.com LR right now. Get this free hat with every purchase or just use the promo code LR at checkout. You also get the free hat with any purchase. The shorts, the pants, the polos. I'm not wearing one, but the polos are awesome. I'm probably gonna wear it next time we're in the Woody. The hat, 
You can get it all at birddogs.com LR or just use the promo code LR at checkout. Go to birddogs.com and get yours today. Back to wide receivers, fellas. They are absolutely elite, much like bird dogs are elite. Um, the thing is, the thing is, guys, both of you. I guess no, my I'll go next to, door neighbor I, in, in Texas. They had a great bird dog. That's why I, I guess I'll go to Andy first on this one. Is is Marvin Harrison Jr. boring? Like, okay, so like, oh no, we come no. in here tonight, and it's like, how how do you? No, hear me out. How do you continue to write the same thing? And and I I wonder like. For video purposes, how do we continue to, and how do Ohio State fans continue to talk about and appreciate him when it's almost just like repetitive at this point? Like, he's so good. He's very good. What are you looking to improve on? Everything. How's the Monarch machine? It's good. How are you doing, Marvin? I'm good. Uh, you know you know what I'm trying to say? Like, he's not boring, but in a way, it's like, how? what's new here? Because he's just so good. Well, I mean, there's a couple things. One, if the quarterback battle were to go a certain way, and let's say like Kyle McCord was named starter, then we probably hear more talk about Kyle. We haven't yes. really gotten all of that to talk about because he's, you know, as any receiver would, supporting both of his guys it's at this point. Buddy. But we did get to watch him catch passes again for like 20, 30 minutes. It is always fun for me, at least. It's entertaining yes. to watch him do that. I think it's like poetry in motion, as the social accounts for Ohio State always say. And I agree with that. The other thing, though, I do think I took away from it was he was talking about yards after the catch, and he said that before this offseason, wants to get better in that department. Mecca Buka led the team pretty significantly in that category last year with 526. Now, how do you get better at yards after the catch? Um, and, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. was saying it's really just game experience. You can't, you know, you can make a guy miss in training camp or spring ball, but they're going to tag you and you're down. They're not really full contact at this point. So he said it's a mindset shift. And I thought that was really interesting because you're, you're going into a certain play or a certain catch thinking, I got to make one guy at least miss. And that's something he's really emphasizing this time around. And so I think that's at least something I've taken away from him this offseason. Yeah, it might have been his favorite play if you really pin him down. One of his favorite plays was that slant when they needed it at Penn State where he caught the ball short of the, short of the sticks, runs through a tackle and then gets the first down. I mean, he loved that play because of everything you just pointed out and what it means about you, about, yeah, you're a great catcher of the ball, but what do you do with it after you catch it, you know? He broke through a tackle, almost ran through a, a kind of a double team kind of pinch there and, uh, and almost took off. But the bottom line was he delivered and he wants more of that, you know? And you're, you're better off when, we'll see how these quarterbacks develop, whoever ends up being the starter, but can they throw him open? You know what I mean? Can they throw him? Can they throw the ball to him on the right shoulder? That's gonna spring him after the catch. Uh, you know that happened a lot with the Mecca Buko with C.J. Stroud last year. I thought it happened pretty well with Marvin for the most part. Uh, some of those catches in the end zone, there is no yak. <laughs> You're there, man. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, this guy's always finding that little bit thing to work on. And you remember how we were standing here, or sitting here, waiting for him to come over and talk to us tonight for the interviews. I think if he hadn't had that drop in the middle of his little yeah. session over there, because for him a drop is like catching, a, you know, catching a virus or something. He's got to get it out of his system, and you know he caught another what, 25, 30 balls over there with that Monarch machine, with Restocksdale feeding it. So uh, uh, I just I like this guy because when I asked him, you know, with the tongue in cheek, uh, he was talking about, you know, he, he'll take a matchup on the safety anytime. Talking about playing some in the slot this year, and so I asked him facetiously later, I said, how about a matchup with Davis and Nick Benoson? Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm uh, 
you know, paraphrasing there, but the bottom line is David Mosin said he checks him about 50% of the time, you know, remember the other day and stuff. And he lied, he laughed, he knew what I was talking about, but uh, he likes those challenges, man. He wants to continually be challenged. And we saw him uh, match up with Keely Ringo last year in that conference, in that uh, college football playoff game, a guy that was projected beginning of the year, possible first round draft pick. You saw he slid to four, right? Yeah. Fourth round. You know why? One of the reasons? That game. Because he's going to have to be covering Marvin Harrison Jr. perhaps as early as next year. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see who else slides after this season. He also torched Kalen King, who's supposed to be the best corner in college football this Joey year. Porter Joey Porter Jr. DJ Turner, who's apparently going to start in the NFL. Will Johnson, who I've been told is among the top 20 players in college football. Yeah. Like, go down the, you know, two for, two NFL draft picks, one of them a first round pick at Maryland. Didn't really do much for him. So. Right on, as you like to say, right on down the line. Yeah. Nobody covered him. But here's the thing. The one thing I take away from Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka and Julian Fleming and Brian Hartline and everybody in this building is how buttoned up they are about the damn quarterbacks. I just want to know who's going to play quarterback. And these receivers. They don't were, know yet, man. I know. I know that. I know. But these receivers were supposed to give us some insight tonight. Who do you like catching the ball from more? <laughs> and instead, oh, both guys. They're both competitive. They're both great. We, you know, we're going to trust in Ryan Day to make that decision. I know you are, fellas. Come on. Give I us something. I asked Brian who he voted <laughs> give for. Give us something. I asked Brian who he voted for in the straw poll, and he looked through me like I wasn't there. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, they're keeping it. Even if they know they're keeping it close to the vest. I mean, he's the offensive coordinator. You know, I, I think this is actually kind of intriguing. Yep. Because of what we talked about on my podcast is both these guys were can't-miss prospects coming out of high school. Are we really surprised that they're battling as yeah. hard as they are? And, yeah, occasionally making mistakes, but battling as hard as they are for the starting quarterback job at Ohio State, which has sent the starting quarterback to, to New York City how many times in the last five years? Exactly. Yeah. This is a coveted position in college football. And I think it's kind of cool that it's as close as it is. And the wide receivers, uh, you know, they, they don't, I don't think they really care, truthfully. Well, I think they, they trust, Marvin does. I think they trust both of them. But, I mean, to Marvin's emphasis, like, you got to be good after the catch. It's CJ Stroud often put it right where you need it to be. Maybe some of these receivers know they have to do a little bit more, just pure experience standpoint. Their quarterbacks haven't played nearly as much. But, yeah, I mean, I think this one, at this point, I feel like both quarterbacks are playing week one. Yeah, let me I, ask I, him, I feel like that. You talked to Parker Fleming, the special teams coach. Now you tell who's going to be the starting kicker. That, that honestly could go into week the, one, too. Because, I mean, what I mean, was the last he, play that mattered for Ohio State last year against Georgia? I mean, the kicker matters. Yeah. Who do you think is going to be the starting kicker? I mean, at this point, it seems like it's back and forth as well, which no one's talking about. It's Jaden Fielding or Parker Lewis. And it seems like I, you know, I asked, like, are you going to have a decision? anytime soon and there was no definitive date it seems like it could go into this season they're not thrilled about that idea but it's it's apparently really close right now and you got a new long snapper in there and John Furlman from Arizona State that's some movement uh, the punter you like to have Jesse Murko back again so that's good for them but there is some changing going on in, in the specialist room there and, and that you know flies under the radar for week one it probably won't really matter against Indiana but it could matter against Michigan it could matter against Georgia or some team like that in college football playoff course, they make it and so those are all things that I think we got to monitor as the season goes on it mattered against Maryland Lathan Ransom yeah. blocks a punt sets up a Dallin Hayden touchdown oh, Buckeyes take take the lead I think I remember uh if yep. not then they they close the gap there on Maryland 
it mattered against Michigan, you miss a call, and then you, you don't get a fake punt off, and you don't oh. get to do that. It mattered against Georgia, you miss a field goal, you also, uh, you know, are getting ready to, you, you run a fake punt, Kirby Smart calls a timeout, special teams matter. So Parker Fleming's sitting out here talking to us about it, talking to you, John Furman, you know, not, we're not going to call anybody out, but that long snapper had a big to-do in the Michigan game. That That's something that happened. Yeah. And so it's it's an important part of the game. Can I ask you a question? Real quick. Should should you be allowed to call a timeout with, uh, less than, with less than two seconds on the play clock? Because as you're calling your timeout, the play is going to happen. Guys are going to run into each other. You understand what I'm talking about, about jeopardy, et cetera. Should that be allowed? I think that's a topic for your podcast, okay. too. I think it's I think a topic for this because, boy, was it important last year for this Ohio State football game. I think it's the perfect topic for your podcast okay. leading into the next season. Go watch the Tim May podcast. I'll ask Urban about it on Urban's take. Hey, go watch Urban's take because Urban Meyer, he knows a thing or two about football. I like to think we do, too, the crew here at Letterman Row. The 40-year vet, Tim May, he's been doing it for 40 years, folks. Who else are you going to listen to on this? We've got 46 years combined coverage here. If you don't want to listen to somebody 40 years uh, of coverage doing it, then you can listen to Andy Backstrom, you can listen to me, and you can listen to Matt Parker on the recruiting side, who is covering at the moment over there on that bench, Edric Houston, the five-star defensive lineman committing to Ohio State. Larry Johnson, another defensive tackle in the mix to go with Justin Scott. The Buckeyes are beefing things up there. We're beefing things up at Letterman Row. Go check out the Letterman Lounge, the message board. We're there all year long covering these Buckeyes. Tim May, the 40-year vet, Andy Backstrom, Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching the latest preseason report, the final preseason report. We're getting into practice reports. We're getting into rapid reactions. It's almost time, folks. Kickoff. Just 11 days for these Buckeyes. Thanks for watching. We'll see you back next time we're in here. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.